Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, you know, I, I'll tell you what, we are, anytime you see the, the holy horse troughs, you know it's going to be an exciting day. We've had people take that step already through baptism. You may be thinking, man, that's for me. I wish I would have known. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. You heard. We've got shirts, shorts, and towels out there so you can just make your way. If you've already placed your faith in Christ, you're ready to take that next step of public demonstration of your faith Hey, why not today? Because it's a great day to do it. You know, I want to share a story. I've shared this thing so many times, but I love it because it's a story about opportunity. My favorite story about seizing opportunity. Um, It's a story about a young soldier and his commanding officer who got on a train to do some traveling. And the only available seats were right across from an attractive young lady who was traveling with her grandmother. And they engaged some, in some pleasant conversation, but while they were doing it, it was obvious that the young soldier and the, the young girl had this mutual attraction going on. And about that time, the train went to a very dark tunnel. Um, the room became dark, and immediately two sounds were heard. The first was the sound of a, the smack of a kiss, and the second was a whack of a slap across the face. The grandmother thought, I can't believe he kissed my granddaughter, but I'm glad... She gave him the slap he deserved. The commanding officer thought, I don't blame the boy for kissing the girl, but it's a shame that she missed his face and hit me instead. The young girl thought, I'm glad he kissed me, but I wish my grandmother hadn't slapped him for doing it. And as the train broke into the sunlight, the soldier could not wipe the proud smile off of his face, for he had just seized the opportunity to kiss a pretty girl and slap his commanding officer and had gotten away with both. Don't you love that story? Because it's all about seizing opportunity. I love opportunity. And you know what? Life is filled with opportunities. Let me give you the working definition of opportunity from the dictionary. It's going to be on the screens right now. And it is this. It's the opportunity is a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. A set of circumstances to make it possible to do something. We all know what that is, right? The opportunity. Zig Ziglar puts it this way. He said, success happens when opportunity meets preparation. Success happens when opportunity meets preparation. And I have had many opportunities in life. Some of them I've seized and others I haven't. And I've often wondered why, as I live with the regrets of missed opportunities, why did I not seize that opportunity? And usually it's because either I had some fear in my heart about taking a risk at that moment, maybe it was because I was distracted with other things, or maybe I didn't even recognize it as an opportunity or possibly because I wasn't prepared. And by the time I got prepared, the opportunity had already passed me. And I'll tell you what, life is like that. If you're, if, you're not, if you're prepared, success happens because, you know, opportunity presents itself and you're ready. But sometimes we don't get it right. I know, I've talked to a lot of people who, who say things like this. It's, it's common. These are common things like this. They go, oh, you know, I should have bought a lot on Lake Kiwi when there were $10,000. You know, now they're a million dollars. I can't afford it, but I could have got it then. Just wasn't prepared. I I missed the opportunity. But if you think you've missed some opportunities and you feel bad about that, can I just share one that will top all of them? All right. This is somebody who missed an opportunity. I feel better about myself after I hear this story. Um, But the story is basically about Bitcoin. Some of you know about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin was the original. And Bitcoin, when it originally came out, and back in 2010, not that long ago, 2010, 
you could buy a Bitcoin for three pennies, right? Three cents for a Bitcoin. And so the first time Bitcoin was actually used in a business transaction was back in May of 2010, where a guy ordered two pizzas in Jacksonville, Florida from a pizzeria and agreed with the, with the pizza shop to buy those for 10,000 Bitcoins. So he got the pizzas in exchange for 10,000 Bitcoins. However, he missed an opportunity because if he had held on to those Bitcoins just 12 years later, those, those 10,000 Bitcoins would be worth $410 million. $410 million. You might say those are the most expensive pizzas in the history of mankind, and you would be right. What an opportunity that that guy missed, right? But the pizza owner, I guess he had a pretty good opportunity that he seized. So I don't feel so bad about my missed opportunities when I hear that. You know, when, when, when Zig Ziglar said that success happens when prep, uh, opportunity meets preparation, my mind starts thinking, okay, what is success? Like if I've got an opportunity and, and I'm prepared, what's success? How do I measure success? How do I know if what I'm doing is the right thing and, and, and how do I gauge that success? Well, we all understand success in certain realms. We understand that if I'm playing sports, what success is, it's measured by the scoreboard. If I have more points than you do at the end of the game, I win. That's success. When, when you measure success at school, it's all about your grades. That's how you know you can gauge success on, on the grades that you, that you make. If you're in business, you can gauge the success by your profits. If you go to work tomorrow and you want to know whether or not you're being successful, if you get a raise, if you get promoted, that's success. But here's the question I want to try to wrestle down today. How do you know what success is when it comes to church? Like, how do you measure success in a church? And I think a lot of times we get it wrong. A lot of times, a lot of people get it wrong. Even the churches get it wrong. A lot of times, churches use what they call the three B's to gauge success. Butts, buildings, and budgets. Do we have a lot of people sitting in the seats? Do we have big buildings? Do we have a lot of money in the bank? We're successful. But I want to just argue that that's not the measure of success when it comes to a church. In fact, I know of churches that are really, really, really big that I don't think in God's eyes are really successful because I don't think that they're, you know, that they're gauging what success really is. And I know churches that are really, really big that I think are pretty successful in, in God's eyes. And I know churches that are really, really, really small that are probably not successful in God's eyes. But I know some churches that are really, really, really small that I think are extremely successful in God's eyes because God doesn't measure success like we do. So how does he measure it? Well, I want to show you today how I believe that God measures success. And if you've got your Bibles or electronic device, you can turn to, to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at a fairly familiar story that's known as the parable of the talents, which is a, which is a, was a amount of money, a, a, a type of money, or it's also known as the parable of the three servants. But in this story, what you're going to see is you're going to see a couple of guys who seize some opportunities and another guy who missed an opportunity, regrettably so, and then you're going to kind of see, I think, how God measures success. So let's look at the story. A parable is a story that Jesus would tell that would illustrate a biblical truth. So he would kind of tell these stories, and you'll see that there's a purpose behind it. It says this, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, 
two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise and watch his, how he measures success. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and what? My good and faithful servant. Remember that word for you have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think just based on that story, we can gather a lot about how God views what success really is. And so I've just got a couple of points, and then I want to get to something that's super exciting at the end, is huge announcement of what, of what the future could look like. But I want to talk to you, first of all, just about these opportunities and what success is. So the first point is this. When we're gauging success, I believe when we look at Scripture, the metric is clear. If you want to gauge the success of a church or an individual, by the way, for you and me both, then what we would have to do is look at what God looks at. So in this parable, what we see is that God measures success differently than most of us do. God doesn't look at it like the, in, through the eyes of the world based on success. In fact, going back to the scripture, it says the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so I'll now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now, if I were to ask you, who did he say that to? What we would say as well, he said it to two guys. He said it to the one guy who had the five bags of silver because he had, okay, remember the story, there's three, three guys. The owner of this stuff, it's, he always retains ownership, but he says, I'm going on a trip. You take care of this for me. Here's five bags of silver to you, two for you and one for you. But when we read that, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling these small amounts. Now let's, I'm going to give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Who did he say that to? He said that to the guy with five, said that to the guy with two who had doubled their money. Here's my point. God does not measure success like we do. God is not about the scoreboard. We know that here, right? 
it's obvious that God is not about the scoreboard because otherwise he'd have said, oh, you've got 10 bags of silver. You did excellent. You've got four. You did pretty good. You've got one. You did lousy. He didn't say that. The one with the 10, the one with the four, basically the same exact commendation. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling these small amounts. Now let me give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The only difference between the guy with the 10 and the guy who had four was at the end of the story when the guy with the one who buried it because he didn't want to take any risk, he, he squandered the opportunity and that money was given to the guy with 10. That's the only difference. But what you see now is God's measurement is faithfulness. What do we do with the resources God has given us? Whether he's given you five, two, one, what are you doing with it? True in my own personal life, true in the life of our church, the metric is clear. The, the, the way that God um, measures success is through our faithfulness with the opportunities he's given us, the resources he's provided to us. The same as the story. Now, when you think about that, you say, okay, that's great. I'm, I, need to be, I need to be all about being faithful with what God's given me. But what is really the mission? What am I supposed to be doing? And that's the second point, and that is this. The mission is compelling. What we're called to do as individuals or as a church is to just be faithful with the things that God has called us to do. What is it that a church is supposed to do? Well, the good thing is we don't have to just kind of sit around a room one day and go, what do you think we should do? I don't know. What do you think we should do? Oh, I think we should do this. Oh, I think we should do that. That's not how you do it. What we do is we go, okay, wait a second. If I want to know what success is, I turn to God. God says it's faithfulness. But if I want to know what my mission is, I turn to God because God says, I already know your mission. Here's your mission. And Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 28. It's, it's known as the Great Commission. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What Jesus said there is that your mission, what you need to be doing is in order to be deemed successful or faithful is you need to be doing what I've called you to do. And your calling is this great commission. I'm to be out making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all he's commanded. And he promised he'd be with us to the end of the age. Now, I'm glad he's given it to us. In our case, as Foothills, that's what we're about. The great commission. Helping people find and follow Jesus. That's how we word it. We didn't, we didn't just say, let's figure it out on our own. We said, let's turn to the scripture and say, what does God want us to do? This is what we need to do. We need to help people find and follow Jesus. One other point I want to make there is in the story, what you notice in that parable is that the owner always retained ownership. He handed his silver and trusted those, that those amounts of money to his servants and he called an account for his own money. So when it comes to the church, the, the, this, this is where I think we need to understand is that this is not my church. This is not your church. Now we say it's our church and that's fine because we, 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 we don't, at the end of the day, we don't think it's our church. It's ours in a sense that we're in this together. But, it's, but the one who owns the church is Jesus. It's always been about him. It's his. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
It's all about him. So when we, when we think about us as a church or us individually, I have to ask myself, am I on mission? Am I living my life according to what God wants me to live in? As a church, are we doing what God called us to do? Because if those are opportunities that he's given us and he's gauging our success by our faithfulness, then we need to be on mission in order for him to say, well done, good and faithful servants. Since you've been faithful in these little amounts, let me give you more because that's really what it's about. So how do we know? Well, here's the questions I would ask as I think about church. I would say, all right, are we on mission? Are we doing it? First question I'd ask, are lives being changed? Are people being saved? Are they turning from their sins and turning to Jesus? Are people being baptized? That's a measure of success, right? That's what God wants to do, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Are people serving one another? Are they serving in the community? Are they serving inside the building and outside the building? Are people growing in their faith? Are they becoming more like Jesus? Are they, are they, are they becoming disciples? Are we, are we sharing our faith with lost people who don't know Jesus? Are we building those strategic relationships with people so they can, we can present the gospel? Are we, are we in community with one another? See, those are the measures of success for a church. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And so I've asked Pastor Kevin to come and, and kind of, I don't know, we're, we, we like to do this usually once a year um, where we talk about what God has done, you know, in the previous year, and then we look ahead to where we're going. And so I've asked Pastor Kevin to come, and we're going to break down some numbers in just a second. But again, they're going to be related to what matters. And, and I think that's the most important thing is how God views success, not how man views success. Yeah. Because there's a lot of different interpretation when it comes to men. But I think it God lays it out pretty clearly. So yeah. with that said, yeah. uh, what we'd like to do is, is usually we do this in January, but we knew this was coming. So we said, let's just bump it to, to February and let's kind of look in the rearview mirror, look at 2021. Let's see if, if we've been faithful with the opportunities and, and you know, are we on track? And um, let's then let's look through the windshield of where we're going because that's ex really exciting. But we want to celebrate. So, yeah. Kevin, talk to us about yeah. some of the things that God did in 2021. Yeah. It's exciting. First off, we saw 259 people give their lives to Jesus, say yes to him in relationship. And that's across kids' ministry, student ministry, our adults as well. God's just working, and we're continuing to help people find Jesus for sure. Yeah, but I like yeah. what you said in the first service about, yeah, you know, right. you took it beyond numbers. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because we, we, we don't talk numbers a ton. Like, we don't get up here and, and stand up and share numbers every single week of what God's doing because it's really about individual stories. And the, the big number that, that God has allowed us to see and that he's trusted us with, it's really what he's doing. So we give him glory. When we say 259 salvations, we're celebrating and we're, we're lifting up the name of Jesus because it's what he's done that's allowed that to happen. Yeah, and yeah. think about that for a second. 259 yeah. people yeah. who have said yes to Jesus, turned from their sins, turned to Jesus this year, 2021. That is Unbelievable. All of these numbers in, during a COVID year, by the way. Yeah. And just think about that, too. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And then we saw 140 people go public with their faith in baptism as well, which is worth celebrating as well. Yeah. That's Give awesome. Glory. Yep. 
So the only question I have there is that when I do the math, I say 259 people gave their life to Jesus and 140 were baptized. That leaves a gap of uh, quite a few. I'm yeah. not going to do the math in my head, but yeah. there's a gap, which means if you're one of those people who have not taken this step of baptism, that's your next step. Yeah. You Today can do could that. be the day. That's right. Today that's right. is the day. Opportunities. Yeah. Seize opportunities right. when they present themselves right. because that's when success happens, when opportunity meets preparation. That's there right. you go. That's right. Also, for, for serving, serving is a way that we are able to step into the, some of the purpose that God has given us and, and use the spiritual gifts that he's given. And we've seen 929 people choose to volunteer and serve in 2021. Is that awesome, is awesome or what? Now think about that. Awesome. Yeah. What some of you don't realize is I have friends, uh, pastor friends all over the yeah. country. Foothills Church, by far, I don't even know anybody that's close percentage-wise of the amount of, of people who actually serve. It is, we are not the typical church of, you know, only, you know, 10% or 20% of the people serving and 80% are doing nothing. It, it, it's just the opposite here. Yeah. I mean, it's like everybody understands, hey, God has gifted me to do certain things. I have these opportunities. I'm seizing these opportunities. I'm helping others. I'm serving in some capacity inside or outside the church. Awesome. You guys, yeah. super job there. Yeah. Yeah, and groups is where we're able to build even more community and grow in discipleship as well. And we have 472 people that were in a group in 2021. Yeah, so yeah. that's people getting in community, which, um, you know, we have all sorts of groups. Yep. And, and we're just starting a new semester. So if you've never been in a group, let me just kind Great of time. break it down real quick. That is, we have groups of people that meet together on a regular yep. basis. Some meet weekly, every other week or whatever. And some just meet in a home, do a Bible study. Some people meet here. Some people, you know, they go hiking together or, or paintballing or whatever it is, play, play sports. We have different kind of groups for different, there's all sorts of those. You can go online and you can check out a group or stop by the guest room. Pastor Blaine will be out there and we, we can help you take those steps, but perfect timing for that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So that's some of what God's doing right here inside the walls or inside of our, our group of people, but we're really passionate about what happens outside of the walls and outside of this group of people right here in Oconee County as well. And so we've seen this last year, 572 people choose to go out and serve our community and we've also given away over two hundred and seventy thousand dollars into our partners here in this community which is awesome, awesome. yeah that yes okay now let's just stop yeah. for a second and think yeah. about this okay two hundred and seventy two thousand dollars yeah given away this is like this is it comes in here and it goes straight into our community that yeah. you guys have made possible through your generosity and and you know, we, we've, we talked a lot about the Christmas offering, but there is so much more that goes on throughout the year. And I wanted to break this down a little bit. You wonder, where does that money go? Right. Well, we have these things called ministry partners. These are people, the groups that we partner with on a regular basis throughout the year, making financial contributions throughout the year. And um, other resources like our time and volunteers that we go over in there and do that. So we, we, these partners include the Foothills Care Center, that's a pregnancy care center, Safe Harbor, that's a, yeah. a, a, a place for women in abusive situations go to, Home of the Heart, which is addiction recovery, Golden Corner Food Pantry, which feeds the hungry, Ripple of One, who helps people get back on their feet, Fostering Faithfully, which is a, a foster care group that uh, their leaders actually are part of Foothills. And then we have additional support throughout the year for Christmas for Kids. We raised 117,000 of that went to the Christmas for Kids, Shop of the Hero. We also support Oconee Memorial Hospital Foundation, Shade Tree Ministries, Our Daily Bread, a homeless shelter, uh, 
Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Seneca and Clemson, Helping Hands, Grace's Closet, and recently with the Kentucky Baptist Convention with the Tornado Relief. All of that is possible because of your generosity. Right. $272,000 given right. straight out from here, making a difference That's across right. the country. Right. Thank you yes. so much yes. for that. You guys yes. are doing an awesome yes. job. Yes. Yeah. But there's one other thing. But the, wait, there's more. Okay, because this is the best part of this thing. Okay, well, not the best. It's actually a, a great part of this. That's great part. That's and that great. is this. In 2021, in this part, this is the thing I've been, I don't know how I've been so secretive about this, but I, it's, it's hard to keep a secret like this. But I had to wait for this moment because I wanted to tell everybody at once. But in 2021, yeah. we were able to do something that was awesome. uh, like incredible. And then in 2021, a Foothills Church officially became debt free. Come on. Come on, debt come free. On. Which means this entire facility now is yeah. totally paid off eight years early. Yeah, come on. Is that come awesome on. or what? It's awesome. And by doing that, we were saved well over a million dollars worth of, of interest that we could put right back in the kingdom That's right. uh, as well. So. That is phenomenal. But let me tell you something. As great as it is that we're able to pay off the building and have no debt, let me tell you something. That's not success. That's right. That is opportunity, however. Amen. We have been given a golden opportunity that God said, okay, you have been faithful in the small mounts. Now I'm going to give you more. And what our hope is that we can continue to be faithful that we've got these new resources that we're going into a mortgage that we don't have anymore and now can go straight back into ministry, which was what we're all about. That's life change. That's what's really important to God, not the building. We got a great building. I love our building. But Jesus didn't die for a building. Yeah. Jesus right. didn't die for brick and mortar. That's right. Or in our case, stucco and metal. <laughs> he didn't die. For he died for people. Amen. And we're all about helping people find and follow Jesus. So this opportunity now that we've got resources that we're saying, okay, God, what do we need to do? Like you're entrusting us with more. We're in a position now that we can do things we've never been able to do. Yeah. How do we best use that in order to be faithful? Well, we know one thing, right. it's not for us. It's not right. for us to hoard and That's bury right. like the one guy. That's right. Right? He took that, he said, I'm just gonna bury it and play it safe. It wasn't that. That's it right. was about getting out there and multiplying. That's right. That's right. And in our case, that means more ministry. Yeah. So what we did is we got together our leadership, our staff, and we said, okay, yeah. what could this look like yeah. in 2022? As we look through the windshield now ahead of us, what could this look at and beyond? What could we do with these additional resources? We came up with things. We, we have basically these four big uh, areas. We're, we, just, we didn't have a better word for it, so we just called it kingdom expansion. Yeah or ministry expansion, or life change expansion, whatever you want to call it, but it's basically these more opportunities. Yeah. And so we're going to walk through these and kind of explain what they are, because this is now where we're headed and what we can do. And I believe that God is going to do things that we, uh, blow our minds. Yeah. So let's just kind of start with the yeah. top. Yeah. And our first thing that we're going to really focus on is continued community impact. In other That's words, right. more of the same. Right. So what we're going to do is we're, we're going to um, continue 
to reach, keep helping those, our, our support, our partners that I just mentioned, yeah. serving more in our community. Remember, we did yeah. Serve Oconee. We get out, we're going to do more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. We've got more resources to make more of a difference right here in our backyard. Um, and, and I'm excited about that. So we're going to do more of that. Yeah. But that's not all. Right. right. Second thing is we're going to go more into kingdom expansion when it comes to the digital arena. Yeah. So tell yeah. us more about this. Yeah, we want to expand our, our digital outreach as we look at uh, where technology's going and even where the next generation is, they communicate, hang out, and, and build relationships in a digital world. And we can, we can have opinions about how we feel about that, whether we like it or not, but the bottom line is that's where they are. And so we want to make sure as a church that we are positioning ourselves to move towards the next generation, to build relationship in that way, and to help people find and follow Jesus in that space. So we've got some really cool things that God's laid on our heart that we're going to begin uh, unveiling and, and working on. One of those is a podcast that's going to be directed towards felt needs. Our communications pastor, uh, Jordan Fuller, has been working a lot on this. We're, we're going to talk about things like mental health, and we're going to talk about how you can have a healthy marriage, things that might not... Uh, directly be tied to foothills, but they bring the truth of Jesus and, and his principles out there. And the hope is that people would then latch on to find Jesus in the process. And if they find a faith community like foothills, be a huge win. So we want to expand our digital outreach. Yeah. And we were really fortunate because remember when COVID hit and everything shut down, we were already doing online services. So for us, it wasn't a, it wasn't difficult right. to just make that transition. However, we saw that there was a need to improve things. So we've right. been slowly, gradually making strides to improve the online experience. And I was gone the last two Sundays, but I watched and I'll tell you, the online experience is awesome. Some of, some of you watching, you're probably nodding your heads like, this is awesome. It's not the same as being here, that's for sure. This sure. is much better. Right. And I don't think digital will ever replace this, no. nor should it. But here's the deal. People just live that way. Everybody carries their phone right. in their pocket all, all the time or they've got their computer with them. That's how they do life. And so we don't want to get left behind the curve. Yeah. We want to be on the cutting edge and reaching people. And this is what it's all about. It's yeah. not just to say, hey, we're, we're, we're up to date with technology. It's about how can we best leverage technology to reach people for reach Jesus. People. And That's so right. the digital area is something we want to do and explore more in. And, uh, and it's, it's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. But that leads to number three. And I'm really pumped about this yeah. because we're calling this, for lack of a better term right now, Foothills Espanol. Yeah. And what that is, is we, we really believe that we have an opportunity. In fact, right just prior to COVID, we were actually getting ready to launch more of this. But we have a large, the, the largest, the fastest growing segment of the community of this county, as well as the United States, is the Hispanic population. And so that, that, that gives us an opportunity. Many of those people do not speak English. So coming to Foothills would be very difficult for them to even understand what's going on. Yeah. So we want to bring the gospel in a way that's understandable to people who speak Spanish. And so we already have a, a small group of Spanish-speaking small group. And we, we're hoping as this continues to grow, we add more groups, that eventually we can have a Spanish-speaking service. There are a lot of opportunities there, a lot of possibilities. But for right now, we don't know what those are exactly going to be, but we're moving in that direction. That door's been opened. God is providing people already. And so I want to, here's the challenge. When you're hearing any of these things, when it comes to this, this particular thing, if you know somebody who speaks Spanish yeah. or someone who, and they might be totally bilingual, but they may be able to help us as we reach more of the community around us that speaks Spanish, um, that they can come alongside of us. And so, you let us know and we will pursue that. We'll, we'll 
contact them and say, here's what's going on, get more groups started and eventually a service. And uh, I, I really think that this could be huge. Yeah. And we need your help in all of these things. So get the wheels rolling. Who do I know yeah. that maybe would be interested in, in, in being part of Foothills Espanol? Okay, and then yeah. last but not least, which is, yeah. this is about as current as it can go because yeah. this is, it's, it's got wheels on it already and you're ready right. to go. Yeah. But this next thing yeah. is, tell, tell me yeah. about this. So um, we're, we're looking at expanding Foothills outside of Oconee County into a multi-site kind of space. And um, I'm really excited and passionate about this because 11 years ago when I got introduced to Foothills, I uh, joined in at a t campus that we had at the time in Tacoa, Georgia and got plugged in and Jesus did a work in my life and I got to see him work in so many people's lives, including my wife. My wife actually rededicated her life to Jesus at that campus. She got baptized at that campus and we've got two beautiful daughters and when I look at them, I'm always reminded that it was because of the faithfulness of Foothills to expand out that, that my two daughters even have breath in their lungs today. And so I'm excited to say we're not done with what God's doing here. The church that was in Tacoa, the campus that was there, is now an independent church. They've got a pastor there, and they are doing great. I got to go hang out with them in December. Um, but, but we don't want to stop. I, I read something so alarming this week. Um, it said that in our generation, if the trends continue, that in our generation, 20 million people will have left the church. 20 million people will have left the local church. I truly believe, Foothills, that you are a special group of people. You're a special community that's passionate about a vision of helping more people find and follow Jesus, and you're a real, authentic community. You're a welcoming and loving community. You're the kind of community that takes the love of Jesus with you, and we want to expand that outside of Oconee County because our world needs it. And so we, before we figured out where, what this was going to look like or where it was going to look like, we started praying and we prayed that God would bring us a leader and then he would reveal, you know, where we might go. And uh, we had the opportunity through uh, Pastor Jamie Hammett, someone that used to be in his student ministry years ago, um, named Joseph Bennett. We've got a picture of his family here. Um, Joseph and his wife, Rebecca, and their kiddos, Abigail, Josiah, and Ezra, uh, they are right now in Honduras where they've been serving for the last three years in, in mission work. They actually planted a church there, and Joseph actually oversees a network of 150 churches there right now pouring into pastors. And so Jamie introduced us, and five minutes into meeting this guy, I, I was like, Lord, would you just call him here <laughs> to join us. He grew up in the Pendleton area, just east of us. And uh, he and his wife actually have a home there for when they're back in Honduras. And he started sharing that he felt like God was getting them ready to come back and minister right here in the upstate. And so um, God led them and, and us into the process where uh, they're finishing up things in Honduras and he'll start next month and be here to begin building a core group and um, looking at opportunities to launch what we're going to call Foothills East until we figure out kind of exactly the community that we're in. And so if you live east of us in Central, Clemson, Pendleton, Anderson area, or you know people in that direction, I want to encourage you to go to foothills.cc east and you can sign up to be a part of that network to find out. Or if you just want to be up to date and praying, you can go and fill that out. But we are so excited about launching this new campus. You know, when people come to Foothills, they go, man, there's, there's just, 
it's just something special going on yeah. here. You can just sense it when you walk in the, in the doors. And um, in fact, I'm going to share this. I, I, I shared this with the team earlier. Hmm. In our first service, and I guess she was baptized. I, didn't even, I don't know for sure, but um, I was caught on the way in to the, to the service by a, a guy, and he said, my wife's hmm. niece is going to be baptized today. I don't know if she's going to be baptized. I thought it was the first service. She may be here now. But here was what's cool about it. He said, she, does, she can't hear, she's deaf. But she's been coming for six weeks. And here's what he, she told. She says, even though I can't hear, the Spirit of God is so real in this place that I just wanna keep coming. Now check that, she, she can't hear what's going on, yeah. but she can sense the Holy Spirit moving in here. What's going on here is very unique. And so what we believe is that if we could replicate that in another area or two or three, then God could reach more and more and more people. Yeah. So this whole idea of another campus, Foothills East, somewhere that way, Joseph coming along, here's how you can get involved. You can, if you live over there, great. But if you know somebody, yeah, awesome. Right. But here's one more opportunity. Of course, we're gonna pray. Right. But maybe you're a type person who's just kind of got that missionary spirit. You're just yeah. a, a pioneer. Well, when, when Joseph gets here, he'll be, you'll see him. You'll get to meet him, you know, all of his family. But they'll be actually here in Seneca here, catching more of the DNA and launching hopefully in the fall. But in the fall, if God is calling you maybe for, as a short-term missionary, you say, I'm not, I, you know, I live in Seneca, it's a long drive, but I can do that for three months. I'll go over there and help on Sundays or whenever they need me to be there to help because they're going to need people to serve and they're going to need critical mass, all those I've already had people catch me after the first seven. I'm in. I want to do that. I, you know, I'm coming back here, but I'm going to go over there for a period of time. That may be your heart as well. Guys, these are opportunities. It's all about opportunities, right? And we want to be prepared yeah. so that we can be successful in God's eyes yeah. through faithfulness. That's right. So if, if that gets you excited, here's what I want you to do. Let's, to God, let's just say, God, thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. I give him a round of applause. Right And I wish you had more time to flesh it out. Maybe we'll do a podcast because yeah. we got this new digital yeah. thing. We'll do a podcast talk, talking more about this. But yeah. for right now, we're going to go to baptism is the best part. So we're going to pray yeah. and we're going we're gonna to baptize and we're going to celebrate what God is doing because I think it's only fitting that today we would do that. So let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much. What, a, what an awesome 2021 it was. And how exciting is it that um, 259 people gave their life to Jesus? I mean, it's awesome that we, that we were able to pay off and be debt-free. That's incredible. But what's really awesome is the people that gave their lives to Jesus and the life change that happened and the people are growing in their faith, serving. So Lord, let us never lose sight of that. And God, as we get ready to do baptisms, this is an opportunity. that people, Some people are already going to seize that today. Some are going to miss. Unfortunately, they're going to walk out and say, I should have. But I'm praying, God, even as you're stirring their hearts now, that maybe they slip out get a change of clothes and head back in and follow through with what you've called them to do. God, this is your time. These are your people. This is your church. Have your way. Do what you do best, and that's change lives. We love you. In the name of Jesus, amen.